Okay, I'm joined by Matt Keniston, Head of Commercial Biofuels at BioBean. Thank you for joining me, Matt. Uh, thank you for having us. Oh, my pleasure. And, and where are you taking this call from? Uh, I'm in Cambridgeshire, so our, our factory, our facility is in Cambridgeshire. North Cambridgeshire. Okay, and that's roughly an hour north of London for people who aren't too familiar with the UK. Yeah, we're quite we're quite well suited. We're kind of in the Midlands, so we're uh, we, we're in good proximity to London. But we've got Birmingham, Manchester, so we're we're kind of at the confluence of all the all the roads. So we're yeah, nicely suited in the centre of England. So all the roads lead to Biobean. Exactly that. Wonderful. And so the the reason I wanted to speak with you is because, uh, and I really enjoyed reading this part on your website, is because Biobean doesn't really believe in waste as such from the point of view of kind of the philosophy of the company and instead rather than waste biobean believes that materials are in the wrong place um, mm -hmm. and I, I find that really interesting because essentially what you do is you take used coffee grounds that would otherwise go into landfill or be incinerated and there is we'll discuss what ends up happening to used coffee grounds and instead of just throwing them away and wasting them, you actually recycle them into other products, other products like heating briquettes and natural flavorings. Um, and one thing I learned from reading on your website is that it's, it's really crucial to recycle coffee grounds and uh, just bio waste in general because it's key to a circular economy. And coffee, I'm just spewing some facts back at you, um, but I find mm -hmm. it so interesting is that the world's population drinks over 2.25 billion cups of coffee every day, uh, which creates about 18 million tons of wet, wasted coffee grounds. Um, and what's amazing is that what you're doing is taking some of those coffee grounds, and since 2013, you've recycled 16,000 tons of those coffee grounds which makes BioBean the world's first and largest coffee recycler. Uh, so lots of interesting things to talk about there. And, and as part of that, can you just to lay the foundation and kind of give us some background for the people listening, how does BioBean's work and everything we've just discussed help the environment? Um, okay, in its very simplest form, um, if, if we talk about coffee waste numbers and I don't like calling it coffee waste because really it's 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 the byproduct of making a, a, a cup of coffee. Um, it's not a, a, a waste that that kind of implies that we're being kind of unnecessarily sort of um, loose with what is a, a valuable resource. Um, mm -hmm. So it's very much the sort of byproduct of making a cup of coffee. Um, the UK alone, 500,000 tonnes of coffee waste is the estimate, which is a phenomenal number. Um, traditionally, um, that's been going to landfill. Uh, as with many sort of organic materials, um, if they're allowed to rot at, um, at landfill at the, at the tip, um, they release a lot of methane. Methane is 34 times a more potent greenhouse gas than CO2. Um, so straight away in its simplest form, by just giving us that coffee, allowing us to actually, well, add value by extracting the flavor of fragrance compounds um, and then disposing of it by, by burning it, what we're doing is we're releasing the CO2 that plant sequestered um, when it was growing so it's that kind of circular economy that's why you know burning wood is is, is deemed carbon neutral so we're only releasing um the carbon gases that that plant sequestered so it's it's kind of uh, in its simplest form coffee going to landfill is um is, is bad because of the release of methane but by giving it to biobin and us reprocessing it 
um, we save 80% more greenhouse gases being released by our process than going to landfill. Wow, well, that's a big, that's a really big difference. And I guess mm. part of the other uh, part of the work that you're also doing, in addition to uh, removing or at least reducing the amount of carbon uh, equivalents that are being produced, is mm-hmm. um, you're also not needing to create new products because you're essentially taking something that, uh, like you said, it's a byproduct rather than a waste product and turning it into something else. So it's kind of... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there, there are so many positive stories. The, with, our, with, our, um, you know, with our solid fuel products, our coffee logs and our pellets, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're potentially displacing coal. So, you right. know, not having the need to, to dig up coal from the ground and burn that to, to heat either for industrial purposes or for domestic um, appliances. That's great. Um, the, with, the, with the natural flavors and the essences, I mean, a lot of those flavors used by industry at the moment are taking, you know, that, that's a, a resource that it's a raw material that people, some of the coffee flavors are actually, they get coffee beans They'll be roasted, they'll extract some of the flavors and discard the coffee waste. So we're actually doing this post-consumer. Interesting. Uh, and also there's lots of um, synthetic flavors and um, fragrances out there. So if we can actually displace those with a natural product, that's that's great. Excellent. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into those two different products you've mentioned. Um, what are called on your website elements, um, and the, that's your biomass pellets and your heating logs and then there's the second one which are called naturals and that's the the natural flavoring and essences so uh i know that you're the uh you are the man who's in charge of the biofuels as far as the as far as the commercial aspects so why don't we start there um so so you so you you mentioned pellets and logs first of all what is the difference uh well you could describe a coffee log as a big pellet Okay. Or the pellets is a very small coffee log. So basically, it's <laughs> the same. They're, they're both made out of waste coffee. So the, the, the process is, you know, we get this waste coffee in. You know, we can extract some of the, the flavors and fragrances. We'll come on to that. But you're left with the, you know, the the the, the, the biomass element of it. Mm-hmm. The coffee comes into us. It's actually, you know, it's 60-70% moisture. So we need to dry that down to sort of 10%. So our, both of our coffee logs and our pellets are actually you know, the, the process is we need to dry those down before we can actually use them. So the coffee logs um, is a product that's specifically made for the sort of domestic residential market. They're primarily to burn in, in people's stoves. Okay. Um, stove, you know, when you look at um, wood burning or log burning or solid fuel burning in the home, the most efficient appliance, and we're all about efficiency, is, is a, you know, a modern wood burning stove. 80% efficient compared to a um, you know open fire, which a lot of the heat just goes straight up the chimney. Mm-hmm. So we're you know we're trying to get the maximum heat out of our product. So we specifically dye our coffee logs to be sort of you know compact to go into modern stoves. So I'm just um, going to so share we- our screen here really quickly so that people mm-hmm. who are watching this can see it because this is where you have the photos of the coffee logs. Is there a better place to go on the website to see? To see this, or um, no, that, I mean that that that's that's good. I mean the, the top picture on the the top left there is the production line. So that is you know that's our factory in in Cambridgeshire. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is yeah, that's sixteen logs in in a, a neat um, paper bag. You know, the bag itself is is you know it's it's recycled paper, it's organic inks. You know, we're really conscious, and, and it, as is our consumer of 
of everything we do we have to be we have to walk the talk yeah um so that product um you know that's been selling very well in you know we're in leading supermarkets we're in the big garden center chains um we're in the big diy stores um this year alone we will sell about two hundred and fifty thousand units of that product wow and so these are going so, to people's homes absolutely so people who would traditionally buy coal um <laughs> you know either smokeless coal or 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 um regular house coal or they'd buy um wood logs either kiln dried logs or they get wood from the, the the log man this is a direct replacement for that so it's been you know we, we only started this product in uh, 2016 was our first season yeah and um you know we launched quite late in the year um in november i think so quite late in the season to be selling a winter fuel but you know we did we uh, we we sold in 2016 2017 we did about 700 tons 2018 we did about a thousand tons last year we did about 1250 this year we're looking at about 2000 tons of product which is about 250,000 individual units which is great and one thing that really really pleases me about that is the, the sort of the penetration we've had in the domestic market is really interesting because we've been really well received people love the fuel they love the the backstory, the fact it's sustainable, the fact it's made out of a waste. But also, it's introducing these people to the idea of repurposing something. You know, it's very rare you go into a, 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 a supermarket or a DIY store and find something that's actually genuinely been recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we work really, I can't think of any other products in that sort of space. Um, but it's kind of the education piece is great. We don't want to be preachy about it, but I think it's a fantastic kind of uh, learning tool for people to go yeah that's great and the feedback we get is people people are very excited about it and um i know i know this that you you get this question all the time but i think it's worth asking anyway when mm-hmm. you open the packet or more specifically when you burn the logs do you get a lovely uh, mm-hmm. coffee smell in the house or what what does it smell like it doesn't. It doesn't really translate. Or, or funnily enough, though, it, it's. I think the sense of smell is the most suggestible sense. If okay. I tell you it smells like coffee, and you burn a coffee log, you'll probably tell me that it does. And we get some feedback from people saying, "It's amazing. My house smells like a cappuccino." <laughs> Brilliant. If, the, it, if, if, if that's fine, I'm not going. I'm not going to dispel yeah. that myth. Like, and if they love it, it, then why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. But by the time you've had your kind of morning cup of coffee. So a lot of those flavors and fragrances have actually, you know, you, 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 you've, you've, you've drunk those. Mm-hmm. We've extracted some of the flavors and fragrances. What you're left with is quite an inert kind of, you know, the, the carbon matter. But it's when you open a bag of coffee logs, you can tell it's from coffee. Um, but in the same way, you know, if you burn, if you if you peel an orange and you burn the skin, your house doesn't smell like oranges. Oh, it doesn't yeah. necessarily translate. What I think it smells like, and again, People have their own opinions. I think it's somewhere between wood and charcoal. The, if you imagine a coffee bean's already been roasted, mm-hmm. kind of, it's it's almost like a, you know, it's almost on its way to being charcoal. So I think that the, the frame, the the smell you get from the smoke is somewhere between the two, somewhere between wood, somewhere between charcoal. Right. And so, and moving over to the coffee pellets, which, like you said, they're just a miniature version of it. Uh, and if if we're looking at the photo on the on the mm-hmm. screen here, for for the people listening, there's um, basically two photos that we're seeing. One is the logs, and one is the pellet. The logs actually really do look like large pellets. 
mm-hmm. I guess to describe them, they're just, I mean, they're literally just brown cylinders with some white specks in them. The, the pellets look a, a lot smaller, um, but also they're just little cylinders really. So what is the difference and why would, why would, why wouldn't I want to burn pellets at home or why would businesses not want to burn coffee logs? I think it's, it's just different methods of burning. Most people don't have a pellet. You know, a pellet burner is quite a specific boiler. Okay. Um, they, it tends to be an automatically fed boiler. A lot more popular kind of in Europe than they are in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people tend to burn solid fuel in their homes in the UK um, and they burn logs. So we have to replicate. But a log is, you know, it's the size of a, you know, a, 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 a Coke can or, you know, it, it, it's that kind of size. Um the pellets are, there's an industry standard. It's a, it's a six mil pellet, so it's a six mil in diameter. Uh, and they're designed, um, the pellets, so they, so they flow. So basically you can, you can put you know, large volumes in a big hopper and that will automatically feed into a boiler. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's the, the, the kind of main difference. Gotcha. Okay, so that, that makes sense. And how much? Uh, just stop sharing the screen here. And and how much? Um, how much waste is required to, to make a log or an equivalent in terms of pellet? Um, well, in each coffee log, there is the waste of about twenty five cups of coffee. Um, so 16, 16 logs in a bag. Um, uh, you know, it's it's when the coffee comes into us. As I said before, it's, there's quite a lot of moisture in it. So for every ton of coffee we get in. By the time we've dried it, we get about half a ton of material that we can use. Um, but with 500,000 tons of coffee out there, um, there's quite a lot of coffee that we can use. I, not all of it is accessible to us, mm-hmm. but primarily we work with you know the industrial producers, the coffee um, shops, and we are looking at the moment we'll process a about 10,000 tons. We're, we're building up to about 10,000 tons at our factory um, by the end of our, our financial year. We've got a run rate at the moment of about 7,500 tons, but it's a, it's a funny model when you start reprocessing coffee because we have to, um, uh, we have to basically sort out the supply chain to get the coffee into us initially. So you can't uh, start... Uh, getting people to give you their coffee and then um, dry it and have nowhere for those products to go. So we've had to grow very organically. Um, so at the moment, we're at a point where, you know, we've, we've proven the market for our coffee logs. We've proven the market for our coffee pellets. We're at a runway of sort of seven and a half, eight thousand tons. And now we're ready to really grow that because actually we've, we've got the market for our for our waste coffee products. Um, so this year is going to be really exciting. We've just had a new, a new. Well, we had a, a dryer installed last year. We've just increased the capacity. So really, in the factory, we've got capacity for about eighteen thousand tons of coffee. Wow. And so eighteen thousand is that for the year or at a time? How, what is that? That, that? that that that's an annual amount. So processing, oh, creating eighteen thousand. So you know, gotcha. it's still fifteen hundred tons a month coming into us is is a, is a huge amount. So. I guess um, we'll go back to the to the to the product in a second. I'm just really curious. I mean, how um, 1,500 tons of coffee is that one coffee shop? Is that what would be an equivalent? I mean, just to give no, numbers wise, a, a very successful largest 
chain store in a urban metropolitan location will probably generate four or five tons worth of coffee in what time period per, per year four or five tons per, of coffee per year so that would be think of your mainstream coffee shop insert uh, names uh, mm -hmm. mainstream coffee shop name here uh in the middle of london there's always a queue mm -hmm. that one is going to produce about four to five thousand tons Per year. Uh, no, 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 no. So about five, about each coffee shop would pro, would um, would produce about five tons of waste. So we're processing about, you know, if we're aiming for around fifteen thousand uh, tons, that's about the three thousand coffee shops worth of, of coffee waste. Uh, oh wow! So that's that's sizable. That is sizable, yeah. And um, and there's five hundred thousand tons in the UK, so. Plenty. I mean, that, that split between, if you think about the coffee market, you've got, you know, we break it down into you've got the residential market. Um, right. That coffee is, you know, probably difficult for us to get. You know, people have a cup of coffee at home. Um, it's very, be very hard to kind of aggregate that as a, as a single volume and, and try and get it. The, the instant coffee manufacturers, they, um, they roast a lot of beans. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of industrial waste, but there's huge volumes coming out of the coffee shop. We all know that every high street you go to, there's four mm. or five coffee shops. Um, yeah. no, and for us, it's a, they're, they're, they're a great, um, you know, they're a great, great partner to have. Um, and also it's, I mean, just to hit on some of the, the commercials or why people would give us their coffee grounds in the first place. Coffee is wet, is bulky, and it's quite expensive to dispose of. Yeah. Um, most people, if that's going into their general waste, we know that, you know, landfill taxes are, are, are high, you know, rightly so. I mean, we should be penalised for sending things to landfill because it's, a, it's a not a good way to deal with waste. So, you know, it's almost £100 a tonne to get rid of coffee waste. If you're a, a, you know, a smallish, medium-sized coffee shop and you're generating five tonnes a year, that's £500 a year that you know, you're going to have to pay to get rid of your waste. If you can give that waste for us for free, then you know there's there's a huge saving. So there's a you know the commercially there's a, an incentive to do it, but also environmentally you know without a doubt there's a, it's the right way to be. Yeah, I, th I think um, waste is. I've been thinking about this. I've been speaking to a number of people on on the show about uh, these are companies that are essentially taking waste, specifically food. But in theory, you mm -hmm. could. Uh, it's also uh, not food, as in like chairs and I mean beds, whatever you can think of really. Yeah. Um, and they, their whole, pro, their whole business model is based on taking waste and doing something productive with it, essentially. And I, I find it to be such an interesting uh, business model because, uh, like you said, the companies are giving that to you for free. And in some cases, I've, I've spoken to people or to companies where they actually charge businesses to give mm. them waste. It's a lot less than that hundred pounds per ton. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much it is, but mm -hmm. even if it's like, let's say 25 pounds per ton, business is saving 75%. Absolutely. And uh, the company um, earns money and it's re removing the uh, the waste from from the linear economy mm -hmm. going into into landfill. So from from the point of view of uh, from from BioBean's point of view, it's fantastic because you get essentially free raw material, mm -hmm. or sometimes in some cases people will pay the company to get for the raw material, mm -hmm. and then you you make a fantastic product out of it. So I I find the using waste as a you know as as the kind of 
what's the word I'm looking for as kind of like your, your product that you sell mm-hmm. is just so cool. Again, it, it, word. We've, you know, for years we've thought about this, this as a waste, but you know, if you start looking about how we can repurpose right. the, 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 this byproduct, then you realize that no, actually this is a win-win. Let's say the coffee shops are going to benefit commercial benefit for them, sustainability benefit. We benefit, we get our, you know, it's, it, it, it's our, it's the building blocks of our raw material. It's not quite our raw material because we have to process it before we can start using it ourselves in our I process. See. We have to dry it and we have to decontaminate it. So there is a, a cost to us. I try and dispel the myth that we get our raw material for free because there is a cost to us of processing it. Um, but, you know, but that's, we're prepared to, you know, that that's still, we're still a commercially viable company and allows us to take the coffee in you know do what we need to do to 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 make our raw material and then use that to make our product so uh yeah there's people doing some amazing things i spoke to a lady recently that was recycling um the tops of pineapples (laughs) which i'd never even even thought of but if you think every time you know tinned pineapple or you see a pineapple in the shop that's got the top missing well there's you know hundreds of thousands of tons of this you know source so wherever they grow pineapples, don't ask me where that is. Puerto Rico, I think she was she was talking about pineapples. So, but if you imagine the top of a pineapple, it's incredibly sort of fibrous. Yeah. She's making uh, it's called Pinatech. She's making a leather substitute out of it, and I, I just thought that is phenomenal. Um, so again, someone who's looked at a waste and just thought, you know, that sitting there rotting again, releasing methane, where she's repurposing it, and she's actually made a really interesting product. We had. We were talking at a circular economy event recently, and I've forgotten the, the lady's name. She's just won a grant from uh, the Dyson Foundation, but she's taking fish scales and making a replacement cling film. Again, I mean, absolute genius. And the amount of fish waste there is in the UK, and someone's actually looked at that and found found. A fa- so there's, there's people working within our space doing some really interesting things and it is uh, it, and it, it's gonna seem crazy that we used to throw things away yeah especially yeah, really. and it's coming back to what you were saying earlier it's um rather than needing to get raw material or, or sorry not raw material but um like virgin materials from mm-hmm. the ground uh, such as like with mm-hmm. oil uh you know you already have this byproduct and it comes back to how we started this conversation about um bio being thinking that it's materials in the wrong place rather than uh quote unquote waste as such which is Mm -hmm. you've mentioned more than once now and you know it's ridiculous to you have this this thing you can use and make something fantastic with it and we're just currently just throwing it away Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i think reusing or looking at waste differently and seeing it as a byproduct and something that has a, a whole new um, life to it and a whole new use mm-hmm. to it is so is just so great from the point of view of the environment and also financially speaking for all businesses involved i would say mm-hmm. yeah why why would you not do it if if, if you can if, if you can save money yeah um, exactly most, right. we, we deal with a lot of big businesses i spend a lot of my time talking to sustainability managers you know and uh, everyone's got really good intentions but ultimately, a lot of them, and well, most of them, are there to make a profit. So if you can actually exactly. prove to them that this is the right thing to do for your shareholders, for your investors anyway, then you know there, there is no argument why you would not do the most sustainable. 
A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel like I can keep keep talking about it. But I'd love to hear a little bit more. Just going back to the uh, to the to the logs and pellets, mm-hmm. um, because ultimately, like you said, it does matter about the price um, and, mm-hmm. and the financial element to a company, but also just for people at home. You know, they if they're going to be buying a product that is environmentally sustainable and so on, it needs to work well too. So, how well do your logs and pellets? compared to let's say coal or or wood yeah i mean the, the, the coffee logs i mean coffee is uh, it's an amazing fuel um it's still it's still got a lot of um natural oil content we don't we don't strip that out um so the calorific value which is what everybody talks about when you're burning logs or or pellet you know how much how much heat do you get from a kilo of, of product mm-hmm. you know 20 percent more heat from a coffee log 15% more from a coffee pellet. Um, and that, that means, especially, um, yeah, it means you, it means you need less fuel straight away. Yep. Um, especially some of our industrial users, they love our coffee pellets because actually they need less, less deliveries because actually that, the, you know, a ton of fuel goes a lot further. Mm-hmm. There's, there, there's a haulage saving, um, there's a, you know, they're, they're generating more heat anyway, so more calorific value, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a very um, consistent, um, very, uh, the, 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 yeah, it, 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 it's generally a, it, it's a great fuel. Mainly, um, I mean, the fact it, it was going to waste. Um, the fact it's highly calorific. The fact it's, we, we, we process it so it's ten percent moisture. So, you know, when you buy a, a wood log, you never quite know what the moisture content is. Mm. So, you know, we're all about, you know, burning the, the right fuel. But a, uh, a kiln-dried log, for example, is under 20%. Moisture. Our coffee logs are processed to be 10% moisture. Because straight away, um, it makes it a much cleaner, hotter, burning fuel. Yeah, and I guess... So uh, yeah, sorry to, to, to cut you off. And I, I guess just another reason why... Um, uh, it's better for the environment is because if each log uh, lasts longer and burns hotter, it also means from the point of view of little things like needing to go to the store more often in order to buy more yeah. wood or all of that ends up adding up as well as kind of these little little side benefits in terms no, of, um, you know, if, if I need to drive my car less to less frequently to the store. Um, mm-hmm you know, buy like 10, 20% because I'm, I don't need to buy the logs as often. That's already saving some carbon emissions from the point of view of just travels, picking up, picking up the product from the store. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, if I can just talk about the, the, the industrial pellets for the moment, we've, we've got several companies that are, are using our pellets and they take you know, a, a, a typical, you know, they, they take um, tons and tons in, you know, a truckload at a time. Um, a couple of these customers have, um, for example, glass houses. They're growing um, salad crop for the supermarkets and what have you. The, sorry, is this in the UK? In the UK, yeah. Um, so basically, when it's uh, you know, at, at the cooler times of year, basically, you know, even, even in some of the, um, the, the summer months, at night when the temperatures drop, they have to heat the greenhouses. Traditionally, you know, they were using big boilers, either using natural gas 
you know, some of them still using heating oil. I've heard of some still using coal to heat their greenhouses. Wow. Um, so we've actually, you know, these guys, they put in, you know, specific biomass burning boilers that are capable of burning, you know, wood chip or wood pellets or coffee pellets. Mm -hmm. So these guys are able to burn our coffee pellets. They love the pellets. Less delivery. So if you're if you're burning, you know, a, a huge volumes, which, which these guys are, they're taking 26 ton truckloads, you know, once a week to to heat their glass houses. And these glass houses are are vast. They're acres and acres of for growing tomatoes or say salad crops. Um, you're actually having less, you know, many, you know, much less uh, transport costs, much less haulage costs, less CO2, less road miles to heat your greenhouse, which is, which is there you go. But the, the whole circular economy story as well is, you know, we collect waste coffee grounds from some supermarkets. Some supermarkets sell our coffee logs. Um, you know, if, if we're able to collect um, coffee grounds, turn that into the fuel, sell that to the grower, the grower heats his greenhouse, he then sells the salad crop back to the supermarket, we're really establishing a, a closed loop kind of circularity and it, it, that's where we should be. Yeah, I think I think it's it's really really great. And so I guess f for some people who I'm just thinking, you know, if I'm burning something in general, it's going to be releasing carbon mm -hmm. into the atmosphere. And I know you you mentioned this at the beginning about carbon neutral with wood, um, as well as coffee. I guess just from the point of view of um, you know, is it actually better to burn this uh, log and, and release all that CO two into the atmosphere? Is that better than just letting it somehow you know putting it aside maybe burying it somewhere in the ground and just a coffee yeah. waste i mean yeah absolutely i mean we, we've done we've had uh you know life cycle analysis is done we're a we're all about sustainability um and we need to know what we're doing for ourselves is the right thing to be doing right um, so we've got a third party lca life cycle analysis which looks at every every part of our business so a third party comes in you know what are we in transport where are you getting your coffee grounds from what's the electricity going into that machine that's doing that bit of the process we're so really in-depth study of what we're doing which is the right way to do it uh, and that study concluded that we are say 80 percent less harmful in our co2 e emissions than going to landfill um also you know the, the other alternative you can go to um anaerobic digestion a lot of food goes to ad Again, we still show huge savings about against food going to anaerobic digestion as well. So yeah, we're we're very confident that the biobean solution for coffee is the is the right solution. That's fantastic. And going into the other product um, about the naturals and the natural flavoring, I, I actually yeah. found this really interesting because uh, I just couldn't really picture, um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind when I hear using used coffee grounds to flavor mm -hmm. things is, um, and I, I, I imagine you get this question regarding just the cleanliness of that process. Mm -hmm. um, but before we go into that, could you just give us a little bit, a little bit more context on what exactly it is that, uh, that you're doing? And, and I guess, first of all, mm -hmm. um, are you really just, is it like for things like ice cream and candy? Like if I have, I love coffee ice cream. So is that something <laughs> I could, is, is that something where I might be eating used coffee ground flavors? You may. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, our, the, 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 the coffee grounds are collected from food grade spent coffee grounds. 
that that's that's the kind of difference. This is this is not um, again to, to be very clear. We've we've had to put this kind of infrastructure in place with one of our coffee shop partners mm-hmm. um, to be able to collect coffee in food grade bags and when it's and when it comes back to the depot it's in a special container and then when it comes back to us it's processed separately to everything else so and we've had to go through as you can imagine quite rightly so we had to jump through quite a lot of hoops with the ea and and everybody else to prove to, to take something you know like that that is a byproduct and then um turn it into a ingredient that is fit for human consumption that can go back into the food chain was quite a hurdle and we believe in the world's yeah, first company to, to do that it's not been without pain and heartache but we we get there in the end um Indeed. one thing we are one thing by being is known for we're, we're tenacious um and you've got to be because we are constantly kind of testing the boundaries or or coming up with you know coming up with novel and new ways to do things is great but it means that you typically have to bang on doors that haven't been you know bang on before you 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 have to you have to be quite um yeah, relentless in your your pursuit. Yep. But you know, we we've done that. We've we've we proved to the you know the EA and the powers that be that this is a food soap ingredient. So um, and it's Excellent. a it's a um, you know, it's, and it's also a natural ingredient that can replace you know, synthetic ingredients as well. So and so, what 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 do you? I mean, where is it used? Oh, sorry, the, the, the ice cream question. Yeah, so, for example. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the extract we get, which um, the, when this is this is our sort of first to market product, and there will be other products, is the, the, the essence you get from the, the, the coffee grounds. You don't get so much the sort of sweet coffee notes. You get a lot of the more, what they call them, the base notes, the brown notes, the, mm-hmm. the roastedness. The, we did a funny experiment when we first started, when you, we got some plain completely unflavored crisps and we sprayed it with our first our we call it our nuff a which is our our first kind of um ingredient our first flavor and you eat those crisps and they actually taste like smoky bacon crisps you've got those kind of roasted flavors the kind of nuttiness really really interesting so is that how you can get like uh that's how you can get like vegan flavored or vegan um uh, i guess bacon flavored crisps Absolutely. So it's it's not the it's, it's not the it's not the obvious flavors, but then the notes in there are really really interesting. So we're we're talking to um, I mean, there's lots of applications, but people making people making like sort of ready to drink coffee drinks, right? Um, and it's really hard to sort of get the broad breadth of flavors. Or they're making uh, I don't know a, a chocolate health drink. What coffee does, or or our essence at the moment, is adds I say adds those really kind of smoky base notes. Mm. Which are you know if it, it, it's if you add it to sort of chocolate soy milk it it makes it delicious <laughs> um, it's the it, equivalent it, of umami it's like yeah it, exactly it, it, it's a really really um interesting but it's got the kind of it's got an almost barbecue because it's been roasted it's right been, it's very interesting so the applications at the moment and we we have you know we've got we're talking to five or six companies at the moment which are all really keen to find uses for it. We talk to the big ingredients houses, which you know are uh, you know, keep a multitude of different natural extracts in their kind of arsenal, and you go to them and say, "I want to make this product." Um, we're talking to people in the alcoholic beverage world, making anything from an espresso martini to you know, there's there's a wealth of applications. And at the moment, we've got a very 
and I don't call it a crude product, but we've got we've got a product mm. that can be refined a lot more. Mm. And that's just one of our processes at the moment. But that was launched in a, a conference called FlavorCon in Cincinnati in November. And there's been some really interesting take up. Amazing. It's I, I find it also interesting that uh, there is enough kind of quote unquote juice, so to speak, or flavor left in the coffee mm-hmm. after uh, after I, I've had my cup of coffee from you know anywhere. You can take those. So I've gotten all the caffeine. I've gotten the flavor that I want mm-hmm. from it, and you can take yep. those coffee bean th- those coffee grounds, which again, just to reiterate the point here, would have otherwise just been thrown away. And you you can take them and get not just I mean we're, we're not even talking about the, the the biomass or the the pellets and logs mm-hmm. anymore. We're talking about an entire new flavor. You, you can still squeeze out so much flavor from it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean the, the the coffee that goes through the coffee shops is actually when you think about it treated relatively gently. Yes, you run some hot water through it, mm. but you've only extracted you know uh, you know. I can't give you a percentage, but even if you extracted 80% of the flavors and fragrances in there, and we've got tons of this stuff that we can we can process, then you know that those so those valuable essences are still there and it's up to us to 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 distill them, bake them out, and uh, and reuse them. So yeah, I mean it's it's great to think that the you know the uh, you know biobean with the, the the solid fuel business completely stacks up on its own and makes perfect sense. Um, you know, it's the best way to to um, reprocess coffee waste. Absolutely, um, but then the sort of icing on the cake is also you can you can you can take these essences out and add further value, and you know put these back into the food chain, which is just you know that 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 to me was you know, w- when we started, we were you know obviously very excited about the solid fuels business. We also knew that if we were going to starting to extract the um, the essence and the flavors and fragrances. We'd also be left with the, the coffee waste ourselves. Right. So we had to almost sort of start with what do we do with our coffee waste before we extract uh, the goodness from the you know from from the grounds in terms of flavor and fragrances. So you know if if we extracted the flavor and fragrances and didn't have anywhere for the waste to go, we'd have to send it to landfill. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that wouldn't it wouldn't stack up. So we've had to look at this. Whole business in quite a quite an innovative way. Yeah, I think that 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 that's fantastic, and it's it's it just goes back to what we were saying about uh, waste and byproduct, that dichotomy, and looking at it slightly differently. Because to think that there's still enough uh, product left in what was once considered a waste product, and we're now and and people just throw it away. It's just such a shame. It makes makes you wonder. Going back to to the fish scales and mm-hmm. and and you know. These are materials that can be used for something else, and mm. we're currently. And it makes you wonder. I mean, if you just look around, um, every mm. time you throw anything away, how much just raw goodness is just going to waste, and it could otherwise be turned into something amazing. Believe me, we we, we it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> we do it. We do it all the time. <laughs> but you know, we we've spoken to people that are valorizing you know, orange peel. You know, taking the, the byproduct of the orange juice factory. Could you imagine? Yes, I've heard of They squeeze this, yeah. the orange and they, and they chuck the peel away. Well, the, the oh. amount of essential oils um, in, in, in orange 
you know, there's there's a myriad of of this brewery waste. There's you know, there, there's just so much going on. Yeah. But even coffee waste has not been. You know, we know there's other people doing interesting things with coffee waste. Um, you know, but you know, the 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 oil itself can be the building block to you know bioplastics. We're talking to people that are looking to put it into um, uh, into fabrics and and yarns and and there's wow. Uh, you know, it would have to be treated differently and it'd be another sort of step in the processing of it again um the raw material the coffee grounds there's there's we're just scratching the surface of what we can even do with coffee grounds yeah let alone anything else that's yeah exactly that's, that's amazing I, i'm j- just thinking about the fact that you mentioned that there are other companies who are also using co- used coffee grounds or mm-hmm. um for their products is there ever concern that you'll run out of coffee or that you compete for coffee and you, you won't get enough to create the products that you need to create we yeah we we, we talk to the you know the, the big suppliers of waste coffee because we're i guess we're quite established uh and we've we've um been you know we've, we've had these relationships for quite a while um at the moment, no. I mean, who, who, further down the line, I don't know. But there's there's a lot of waste coffee out there, um, and uh, and we haven't got a problem at the moment. In fact, far from it. Uh, you know, we could probably uh, uh, the way we've built our factory is is quite modular, mm-hmm. so we know that we're able to process. I think you know the capacity at the moment of our our factory is about sixteen thousand tons. Which again, when we use these figures of five hundred thousand tons, you know, that, that that still gives us a lot of headroom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our factory, we could say, as we designed it, it's quite modular. We can replicate the kit that's already there and and double our capacity. So you know, I it's not going to be an issue for us getting coffee grounds. Um, you know, it, it but it's finding. I I would hope that our coffee logs and our coffee pellets become you know a very normal standard fuel. In which case. The you know the the winter fuel market alone for coffee logs or for for fuel logs or you know uh, tree logs or wood logs is is you know we're two thousand tons we sold this year is is nothing in the in the solid fuel world you know there's, yeah. there's two hundred thousand tons of wood sold in the UK got a long way to go yet yeah amazing plenty of opportunity for everyone who wants to get involved yeah, um, absolutely. And you've talked about uh, kind of being this this middleman in terms of having to, uh, you sell your coffee logs, that's one mm-hmm. side, and you also have to get your waste coffee from the other side in order to actually make the product. And so there is this delicate balance of having enough coffee waste and or a coffee byproduct, mm-hmm. and, and then you can create and have enough demand and supply for actually selling it on. Um, and so uh, who are some of the... the I guess customers maybe a slightly confusing term, but from the point of view of where you receive your used coffee grounds from, uh, we've touched on some coffee shops, and also mm-hmm. I guess I'll, I'll just I'll just say it, you you recently started working with Stansted Airport, yep, which I thought is just super cool. And actually, what I, what I didn't realize is Stansted is working very hard to uh, become like a zero waste mm-hmm. um, airport, and also I, I believe they're the first. Uh, airport in the world to remove all coffee waste uh, from from their premises. It's, did I read that correctly? Yeah, I believe so. I think they're, they're very proactive, and I know they've got a scheme 
for their sort of coffee cups and the lids and and the coffee waste now really really proud to work with Stansted because Stansted is you know it's it's an hour and a half down the road from us um so it's, it's always been on well been on my radar I've been banging on their door for a while <laughs> um, but it, it seems also it's, it's a great opportunity because when you when we look at places um, of where we can recycle coffee grounds from, uh, coffee is, is almost a ready segregated source. So you've got the barista, you've got the machine, you've got the knockout tray, and you've got the caddy there. You know, it's very easy for us to sort of disrupt that kind of that what was going on before just by telling the barista, don't put that in the general waste, put it in the bio bean dedicated bin at the end of the shift. That goes down to the loading bay into the bio bean dedicated skip. When that skip is full, it gets taken up to us. So it, it, it's um, for for Stansta to do that, it, it's phenomenal. Um, and I think about 100 tons a year. That's probably a conservative estimate. So how much? It, sorry, it, it, sorry, Matt. 150, 200 tons a year. So it, it, it's wow. a it's a it's a it's a pretty sizable volume. Yeah. Um, that That'll keep you busy, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, th I think that's fantastic. More reasons for anyone who's going to be flying to go to Stansted that at least you know your cup of coffee isn't going to be contributing to any sort of uh, uh, carbon emissions. So Exactly. As far as um, kind of moving, looking to the future, because you mentioned that there is plenty of opportunity and there's lots of other mm -hmm. things to be done, as much as you can say, uh, any kind of products or ideas uh, sort of uh, knocking about in terms of what, what the future looks like? Well, we're working with, with lots of people. A lot of it is kind of um, research and development. Um, uh, but there's... Yeah, there's a, there's a company in uh, in Berlin we work with who we supply. I mean, we we've got a very good process of receiving large volumes of coffee. Most people need that coffee dried before they can do anything with it. Coffee is wet and it's sticky and it's very difficult to dry. We've kind of perfected that process. Mm. We want to be the kind of go-to people. Yes, we've got our own products. We've got our pellets and our and our our flavors and our fragrances but we would also like to be the go-to person for the raw material so if you're you know growing mushrooms if you're if you're making we've got companies making uh, glasses frames um you know you can use you can use coffee as a as a filler for plastics you can actually use the oil to start you know, um making the as the building blocks for, for, for biochems and, and plastics so there's you know, we'd like to be thought of as the sort of raw material guys for all these different people because it's it's very difficult to do what we do at small scale. Mm. You kind of need the economies of scales that we've got. You know, we've got a we've got a biomass dryer, so we can actually dry the coffee with our coffee pellets, which is you know it, it, it's quite energy intensive. Sounds as if it's it, it's a bad thing, but it, it it's you know we've perfected the way of drying coffee in a very sustainable way which is very difficult to do at small scale you need the, you need the volumes and you need a you need a factory and you need some pretty hefty investment to, to sort of get there but that's 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 where we feel our role is so we're really happy to work with people and i get i get people um contacting us on a weekly basis saying, you know, can we can we try some grounds to do this? We're like, yeah, sure, of course you can. Hopefully they'll come back and 
buy some grounds from us eventually or whatever. But we, it, it, we're, we're quite collaborative. That's really cool. I mean, it, it really encourages the the usage of that waste in that case, because otherwise mm-hmm. you'd have to rely only on yourself to produce enough product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, you can't you can't you can't be a specialist in everything. I, I've heard about the the sunglasses made from from used coffee mm-hmm. grounds, and you know. Mm-hmm. Going from from the from the naturals and the elements business into becoming uh, a, a sun, sunglass creator, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah you, yeah, you can't do it all. And so the fact that you're still mm-hmm. able to actually remove coffee from the waste stream is yeah. massive, and it's not like it's getting in the way of of what you're ultimately doing. I think our, our goal, and we were set up with one purpose, which was to recycle as much coffee waste as well, there you go. As possible so you know if we're doing you know we're doing that if other people are doing that i mean we still you know we've got the biobean itself we have got you know we've got our factory um we've got um you know we've got our little london office but we've also got you know what people forget about is we've also got our laboratory so um in north london we're, we're renting a big space at the moment but we've got um let's think we've probably got five or six full-time um uh chemical engineers work beaver so these are the men and women in in white coats that are you know analyzing coffee constantly seeing what we can do seeing what we can extract and you know that's fascinating i mean they're always always you know they've, they've got a myriad of different projects on potentially not with a end goal but we're just seeing what we can what we can do with what we can do with coffee waste yeah that's that's awesome. I mean, there, it sounds like there's a lot more that can be done. Mm, um, I, yeah, looking really looking forward to the uh, to the updates and hearing more about it. Um, as as we start to wrap up here, Matt, uh, aside from being a champion of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by recycling coffee waste, what do you do in your day to day life to be environmentally friendly? Maybe something that could inspire some of our listeners to also take action on a on on a daily daily basis. Oh, put me put me on the spot, Daniel. Why don't you? Um, we've we've all got we we all play our part. Uh, you know, day to day, I'm you know I'm I'm conscious of my own sort of carbon footprint, and I'm like everybody is. I think we're we're all becoming a lot sort of wiser as to what the sort of the the real negative you know habits or the the our habits that have the most negative impact. I decided a year and a half ago not to do long haul flights. Now I'm not doing that for. I'm not saying that's going to be forever. And I've got some friends who live in some lovely far flung places that I dearly love to go and see. But hey, just for the next year, foreseeable, I'm going to try and stay. And it's, you know what it's done? It's 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 forced me to fall in love with the UK again. Yeah, I had some amazing trips in 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 uh, Scotland last year. I mean, I'm in Wales for a couple of weeks. This so it's that whole kind of staycation thing and it's not about obviously it's about i'm quite blessed with having traveled quite a lot previously so maybe i can say well it's fine i don't have to go now but just i think it's it's, it's people making those decisions in their day-to-day and like not these sweeping statements i'm never going to fly again i'm never going to do this i'm just like hey you know i i stopped eating meat a year ago again you know that's 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 great that's me i'm not going to tell anyone else that you have to do that but i think we can all we can all do small things and, you know, possibly lead by example. Um, but I think these, um, you know, the benefits we get are, 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 
are, you know, they're, they're not massive, uh, massive statements, um, but, uh, you know, every little helps. That's what it should be about. I think people, if, if, if uh, you know, if they can do what they, they feel comfortable do to contribute, then that's, that's great. Amen to that. Yeah, I think um, it's the it's the choices we make every day. And I, I'm actually amazed. I've, you're one of the first, actually, you may be the first person I've spoken to who said that you've committed at, at least at some point in time to, to remove long haul flights. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who say, you know, we have to stop flying. And mm-hmm. that's about as far as it gets. Uh, but to hear you actually saying, you know, I'm, I'm doing it is, um, is really impressive. And I think is very inspiring. So yeah, well, well done for that. Um, and last question here, as um, you know, we've been talking about how interesting BioBean is and, and everything that, that you've been doing. So where, where can people learn more about uh, BioBean and uh, get updates and follow what you're doing? Um, what about where, where people can, uh, where can people buy the logs or Perhaps support. If, if if you're in the UK and you uh, want to buy our logs, we are in lots of. Uh, we're in. Um, can, can I mention names? Absolutely. Uh, we're, in, we're, we're in. We're in Morrison's. We're in Waitrose. Uh, we're in B and Q. They're the kind of big ones. We're online with the Cardo. Um, if you go to our website www.bio-bean.com. There's a stockist list that shows you where you can buy the buy the coffee logs. There's a wealth of information on the website. Um, follow us on Instagram, we're on Facebook, all the all the usual places. Um, LinkedIn again, we try and sort of uh, we try and publish a few articles a few times a month with either what we're up to or know what we think is cool and what's good and what other people are doing out there we'll link to it in the show notes um so it'll all be there for for anyone who is interested in learning more and and seeing mm-hmm. everything that that you're up to at BioBean. Uh, and so on that note matt thank you so much for your time i think the work you're doing is fantastic and looking forward to seeing how many how many more tons you can start recycling in the very near future well thank you for having me daniel it was really good talking to you and uh yeah Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.